Welcome to Apply Filters, the podcast all about WordPress development. Now, here's your hosts, Pippin Williamson and Brad Tunar. Welcome to episode 30. Today, we have a special guest with us. We have John James Jacoby, and we're going to be talking to him about working remotely, his Flox project, and about his crowdfunding campaign that he has on the go. But first, uh, Pippin, what about those sponsors? Uh, this episode is once again sponsored by the WP Ninjas, who have been kind enough to sponsor quite a few episodes as we've been going. Uh, they are the developers behind the popular plugin Ninja Forms, as well as Ninja Demo and a couple of other plugins. Uh, go check them out. They're doing some pretty awesome work. John, cool. why don't we jump in, talk to you about, a bit. Welcome uh, to the show, John. Yeah, it's awesome to have you. Thank you. It's, uh, it's super awesome to, uh, to hang out with you guys again. Very yeah. cool. Well, uh, why don't you first tell us just a little bit about yourself um, and maybe start by uh, when did you first get into coding and then how did you get into WordPress from there? Uh, that's a good question. My, uh, my intro into coding was, uh, gosh, I was probably, this was probably 1995. What? And, uh, yeah. Was that, was and, that like Atari or something? So I would, yeah, so I would have been, I would have been 16, maybe. I don't know. It's, it's fuzzy now. Right. So it would have been on an old, I had my, 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 my dad bought me, I convinced him, I, I persuaded him uh, to buy me a, a Packard Bell, right? It was like I had a friend that was into software and kind of learning just little Visual Basic, you know, programs, little things to do, whatever. And he had a Visual Basic book. And he was like building little stupid stuff. And I was like, wow, this is, this is incredible. Like you can, you can just do this. Like that's neat. And, uh, and like, I think he had a Packard Bell and uh, I was like, well, clearly this is the machine I need to have. <laughs> and <laughs> and, uh, and so my dad like went to Sears, right. And like, uh, and like maxed out a credit card on like a Pentium 100 megahertz Ooh. machine, eight, eight megs of Ram. Uh, and that was it, right. It was, uh, I was off like building you, you visual basic Microsoft access database, sort of figuring out how uh, software was made. And eventually it was, it was neat because uh, he, I had, I had someone that was learning at the same time as I was, that was, you know, maybe a year or so ahead of me. So had an accidental mentor someone that already had sort of made some mistakes and, had to learn sort of just some of the simple concepts that you have to you have to learn the hard way, like arrays and globals and yeah. define defining your variables and things, right? The, the internet probably wasn't a great uh, resource back then no, for that either. It, right, it wasn't. It really wasn't. And uh, and it was you, you'd go and buy a book. You had a book, a big five hundred, seven hundred page book, and you would just write the Hello World app and go and go and go. And eventually, uh, what he ended up figuring out how to do one way or another was like this just decompiling other visual basic programs and uh and figuring out how they how they worked and so we we both would sit back to back and just spent hours like refactoring and figuring out how all this decompiled crappy code worked <laughs> and uh and it was it was sort of an interesting exercise in learning how to code because uh, you were it was trans it was literally translating a bunch of gibberish into functioning code that made sense so it was reverse what you, engineering what were you building what what kind of like what kind of software were you building so it started off with just little uh little games little things to sort of macro out things locally it eventually turned into sort of like building little AOL hacks little things to spam the chat room uh, and then I think uh, like AO Hell I think came out and Lucifer X and some of the other weird like big sort of nefarious kind of uh, AOL programs, and that, that that was what we ended up decompiling because they were just so neat they were doing such weird stuff, and uh, and so I never really got real heavy into the whole I guess the scene for what it was at the time, but it was interesting to see sort of how the the, the CD underbelly of the AOL version of the internet worked at that point. Uh, 
<laughs> did you get into uh, did you get into web development soon after that, or did it take a while before you started uh, it, tinkering? It, it it took a little bit because I uh, right out of high school got got a job at like a, a local uh, local ish uh, like company that needed of that was looking for a Visual Basic and Microsoft Access developer and applied and I was young so I was relatively cheap right but at the time it was the most money that I had ever made and uh and worked there for like a year and a half and uh and it was an awful awful experience it was like <laughs> sit, sitting alone in a room where uh with no internet access then no radio and uh and building like the whole inventory and uh customer management process from beginning to end it was the building the software coming up with the data storage the schema the apis all of it and uh just to just to entertain myself sitting alone in this room i ended up doing just bizarre things with animating stuff in visual basic <laughs> old bit old bit blitting of screenshots and animating things that didn't belong that way and they had all these funny restrictions on what the software sh- how it should work like you couldn't use the mouse you had to tab through and enter through everything so trapping uh keys and the skipping send keys because people would like manipulate it and break the software repeatedly so it was like really trying to like isolate down all this finite user experience stuff that i didn't really get basically they wanted to they wanted to mimic dos right they wanted it to be a dos program without a mouse but in windows it was really bizarre (laughs) but after about a year of it, I hated it. I was so miserable with this job and sitting there alone. Um, were, were you were you working with people on this, or no, mostly no. independently? It was all. I was. They hired me on just as an employee to do it all by myself. <laughs> just was, stick you was, in a room. Yeah, and, here, live in this nope. closet and build stuff. <laughs> exactly what it was. It was so sad. Did they, did they start? Sad. Did they have a nickname for you, like the creature or closet boy or, or something? <laughs> You know, if they did, I never heard it, which I guess, <laughs> I don't know if it's good or bad. But it was, uh, so what happened is, and I, I, it drove, it drove, I was so sad about like driving to work and going there and just hated where I was that I just stopped going. Uh, and was like, I can't, this, this whole software development thing is awful. I don't know why anyone would do it. I mean, I was 18 and I figured that, like the world was a better place than this, but I, I, <laughs> this was all I knew. So I was like, well, I, I'm not doing this anymore. So it was probably 1999 that I, I quit. I was like, I, I'm out, I'm done. And, uh, and then didn't, didn't, like I always had a computer, but I, I avoided it until uh, for probably two years. So I missed the whole uh, dot-com amazingness and then came back in uh, 2001 uh, and started building like a fork, made a fork of OS Commerce and a oh. fork of PHPBB. Because I the OS Commerce at the time this is funny. I guess I haven't thought about this in a long oh, time. Oh, th- that was some stellar right. code. At the oh time. yeah, and it didn't have there. Yeah, it didn't have like templates. You couldn't in order to change the way it looked. You had to hack. You basically had to hack core, right? Like you had to mod yeah. the files, and uh, I was like, "There's no, there's no alternative but to." There was there was uh, so many times I did client work. Um, on hacked versions of OS commerce and you're just trying to figure out what the hell the developer did. (laughs) So there was a guy, um, there was a guy that lived in France that made a fork of PHPBB or started a fork, uh, of PHPB two, uh, and then started backporting a a lot of stuff from the development version of PHPB three and made hierarchical categories and all these things that like the original version of PHPBB just didn't do. And so I caught in, PHP for me like made sense. It was a language that I understood. It felt similar to Visual Basic where I could catch on and jump in and uh, and was able to learn very quickly how the syntax worked and everything. And, uh, And he was very methodical with his approach of uh, keeping objects in a place and functions in a place and template output and everything. And, uh, and it reminded me of like how, I don't know, how, just how magical it was to, to write code and watch it, watch it do things. Right. And, uh, so used that to build the, uh, the online parts department for a Honda dealership that was local, uh, that I had friends that were working at. So this was back in like the pre fast and furious days of selling online, uh, Honda parts and exhausts and 
uh, and all that weird stuff. But they they were competing. I think Manchester Honda might have been at the time. There were like two online parts stores that were pushing a lot of product, and so they were running a fork of OS Commerce and PHPBB. And uh, I started building little sites for people and took on like really small kind of $500 clients, just building uh, little things using PHPBB and this fork of it. And uh, and then like leading in, right, got got to a point where uh, it just saw I couldn't it, it was costing more time to try and bend to this piece of software to do the things that I wanted it to do. And ultimately, uh, were you were you mostly for, hacking at yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was it was hacking, and it was you know it, it, the nice thing about the the category hierarchy it was called CHBB is what his fork was called, uh, but he had it on SourceForge, and he had all the little projects and stuff. He was running uh, a bunch of uh, role play, like, a bunch of RPG forums, and uh, and so I could take what he had and contribute back to it. So it was really my first experience contributing to open source software on a project that didn't have a lot of attention, but some people were paying attention to and had a fairly active forum community. And uh, it was comfortable and nice and easy to contribute. And um, and then like, basically what I wanted uh, was to be able to store a forum topic or to store a post in multiple categories. It was what categories, the hierarchy just was sort of too restrictive for what it was I was trying to do. Mm-hmm. And just searched the web for storing posts in multiple categories. And I think randomly came up uh, into into BB Press, uh, and didn't like found BB Press first. Uh, didn't even know that. I mean, had heard of WordPress, but that was sort of before blogging was as popular as it is. And for me, the forum software part of it was uh, felt more natural. So when it was when I saw the taxonomy structure that was going into the uh, 1.0 version of BB Press. I was like, oh, well, this makes sense. This is something that is exactly what I wanted to do. It's in PHP. It's the same exact stack, but it's a different code base completely. Uh, and then found WordPress in <clears throat> 2008, I guess, at that point, right? Had found BuddyPress. And it was weird because, uh, you know, this guy that I had never met, that I guess I probably haven't even talked to or really thought about in years. Uh, this, this would have been kind of before PHP doc was a thing and really documenting your code inline was a thing, but he always kept like fairly meticulous documentation in the code. And clearly I think that was something that like rubbed off on me because it was really helpful for me to be able to see what it was that he was trying to accomplish and jump in and then keep going. So uh, you, you when... clearly got it from somewhere because <laughs> to be honest, your, your code is uh, one of the most meticulously documented and like, outline that i've ever seen yeah I, I appreciate i appreciate that for better or for worse i guess sometimes it definitely it definitely inspired me to clean up my code a lot it's uh good i mean i think like it was my experience coming into bb press was, was pretty poor because there wasn't any documentation in any of the code and so right. it was really difficult to follow along with how what is it even trying to do how is it loading where is it what is it doing and uh, what is the flow? Where does where does the output happen? Where am I in this code base at all? And it was still relatively sprawling at that point, even for just being forums. And yeah, I think we we probably found BB Press about the same time. Yeah. Uh, so you said that would have been two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think I first found BB Press in in around two thousand eight. Uh, it was definitely. I mean, it was long before it was merged into a plugin. Um, I think it was. Was that BB Press one, or was it not even up to one point yet? Then I don't think it was. I think it was still zero point nine. It was. Pre- I think I remember on zero, zero point eight or zero point nine. Yep, I remember reading through it and like at the time I, I really wasn't much of a developer. Like I, I knew a tiny bit of PHP, so the 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 source code of BB Press was a mystery to me. But yeah, I remember using it as like as the form software. And yep, I remember. And then it was. I remember oh, when I, I first saw BB Press, I was impressed how kind of clean and almost well thought out everything was compared mm-hmm. to WordPress. Yep. Um, and isn't the history of BB Press wasn't it developed like like quite a bit after WordPress and all like a bunch of lessons that were learned in WordPress were just applied to writing BB Press from scratch? Wasn't that kind that's, of that is based as the, the 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 foundation I think really of of BB press was, uh, was Matt 
uh, needing support forums for WordPress.org because there were enough people that, right. uh, that that were using it. And he had originally installed a piece of software called MyBB, mm-hmm. and uh, it was another PHP library, and uh, and had considered or originally thought about forking it to uh, to make the forum software that he needed, but instead. Uh, needed things like shared cookies, single sign-on, things with between the blog and the forums. And he already had the code base from forking B2 and WordPress, and the similarities were uh, were all over the place with the data storage and how it worked and everything else. So it was uh, forking, at this point, like gutting WordPress uh, and then turning it into a support forum software, maintaining the MyBB data schema. And uh, so... To this day, really, the even the even the, the database tables that run the users on WordPress.org, uh, I think are the prefix is like MiniBB or MyBB. Uh, they that's what they still are today because the the users there were uh, were the original users that were in the support forums uh, back in the day, and then it was okay. Well, if we're going to continue to uh, to take the heart of WordPress out and make apps like support forums and uh, and glot press or something else, then that's where the idea for back press came from was, okay, we can take what we've learned and we can clean this up and put this in a place where it can get dedicated eyes and development where WordPress can continue to be developed as the blogging software that it should be. And, uh, and everything can kind of rotate around this central shared library of things that, uh, that you'll always want logins, cookies, sessions, Right. Uh, a database class, things like that. And I think, you know, I've, I've, I've probably, people are probably sick of hearing me say it, but uh, in, a, in a different universe, uh, we would all be backpress developers and WordPress would just be a collection of pages and posts and post formats. And, you know, the categories and tags would be built on top of a separate taxonomy API that you'd pull in with Composer or something else, right? I mean, right. Backpress really was intended to be the application framework that we're all using WordPress for right now. So we were we were really close to having that be the universe that we're in, but it just it just didn't happen that way, right? So so Backpress kind of you know got abandoned, right? Um, sad, sad but true. Yeah. Sad so, but true. But, there's still I recently ran into it because I was setting up Glotpress to do our mm-hmm. translations for our products, and there were some mentions of Backpress and needing this old component from Backpress right. uh, to run it. Um, so it's kind of still alive in, in terms of um, Glotpress installation. Anyway, um, right. is it is it pretty much is that ship sailed? It's not, we're not going back to 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 that possibility again. I think so. I mean, it's it would take so many man hours to try and uh, extract the functional parts of WordPress and then bolt them on top of Backpress. Right. That it would be it would be a relatively progressive move to spend that to spend any time doing it. Hmm. Personally, I think I think there's there's there is value in at least experimenting with that idea just as a, a five or 10 year plan of, okay, everything is using a restful API and we're not really interacting with the core directly as much as we were anymore. So what does it really look like to uh, replace some of the inner workings of WordPress that we have sort of don't really think much about anymore, but what what is where does where does that really get us right like mm. how many how many hours does it take how many people to just to potentially just end up back where we are anyways right like when i i spend a lot of time thinking about it cuz there is there is a part of me that really does think it would be a little bit more flexible for the for the audience of developers that maybe don't like that wordpress includes a bunch of files or want to be a little bit more meticulous about the way that WordPress works and really would appreciate having something a little bit more modular like Backpress and a bunch of bolt-ons to it. Hmm. Uh, but I just don't know that it would be time well spent considering the efforts that you can put into WordPress or BuddyPress or BBPress right now and make a bigger impact, right? Hmm. So it's tough. 
uh, and, and I think that it like, let's just say, right, that someone wanted to do this or that it was, it was going to be something to put time into, then, uh, you know, I think we have, we have enough of, we have enough evidence from WordPresses and BB presses and buddy presses histories to say that having one person doing it alone isn't enough, right? Between Andy on buddy press originally between, uh, Mike Adams or Sam Bowers on BB Press originally, and even Matt on, and 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 Mike on WordPress originally. Uh, if we were going to really invest time in sort of the, the abandoned wear that Backpress has sadly become, it would take more than one or two people to really want to put time into it for it to be viable. And think of Donica on WordPress MU, right? Like uh, the one person alone building software just isn't it's not enough eyes so i don't know that anyone would believe in it or trust it or invest in it if it uh and i think that's where wordpress's success comes from is knowing that uh there are so many eyes on the code base and just trusted people that are passionate about maintaining it that uh whether or not it's exactly the best tool for any job is much much less important than knowing that you're able to use that tool reliably and that if the tool breaks, you can ask any number of people to try and help you fix it. Right. And you know, while it maybe while it's sad to kind of see Backpress uh, die out and and get left behind, at the same time, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, I mean, for the people that are familiar with it, like it's 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 sad, but ha with everybody focusing on on WordPress, like that's what's yep. allowed it to become what it is. Yep. And um, when when we turned BBPress into a plugin, uh, you know, the conversation that that Matt and I had was really that uh, it was very obvious, right? That WordPress was WordPress was the hub. It already had plugins. It already had .org and themes and everything was just running off of, right. Why, off of why duplicate all the effort? Exactly. Right. Let's talk a little bit about um, something that you wrote up recently, John. Uh, you have worked, uh, along with all the history that you've just been telling us about, you've also worked for a while at Automatic, and you worked for, I believe, about a nine-month stint at TinUp, yep. something like that. Yep. Um, and during this whole time, uh, and sometime before that, you have been a remote employee. Uh, you've always worked as, or at least for a long time, worked part of a distributed team. And you recently wrote about it on your site. Uh, and I think it was a really insightful blog post that anybody who's worked as part of a remote team or worked alone on their own project, worked in their bedroom or in their closet for long periods of time can really relate to. Uh, and I'd love to just hear a little bit about uh, your experience as a remote worker. Um, and, and to get us started, I want to just mention a couple of quotes from it that I at least definitely found really uh, hit pretty close to home for me. Uh, one of them is you, you tend to have a lifestyle that is like a fury of activity. You have a fear of missing out, persistent connections, and constant availability. And it's extremely easy for unhealthy habits to go completely unnoticed as a remote worker. And so obviously you've experienced all of these things. I've experienced all of these things. I know Brad has. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to share any insight into that? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's really tough. Uh, and and it, it's tough because you you don't it, because it feels rewarding and healthy, right? Like it's uh, and and even even WordPress's recent move to Slack uh, means means more of that, right? Like you have a really super convenient mobile app and mobile experience and uh, an iPad app, and they all work seamlessly and super well, and and it's uh, and and I guess some there are some days where maybe I. Maybe I take it a little bit more personal and think like, man, am I the only person that really just can't keep up with what's going on? How how is <laughs> how how does everyone seem to know what's happening and can keep up? Like I ask I, that about every single day. Right. I just uh, and I and I and I, I really got to the point. Uh, like so so I guess I'll backtrack is since since I felt like contributing to open source software when I was young and on a on a project that was slower moving and with a smaller audience and I was still submitting patches and it wasn't track. I forget what it was, but, or if it was just SourceForge's UI, but, uh, but, uh, for, for me, it was always easier and felt more rewarding to focus on solving 
solving the problems that either felt the most important or were the highest priority or that were impacting the most people and then moving on from that like solving that problem putting that piece of the puzzle together and then calling it closed and moving on and uh and when you when i was working at automatic uh it was it was difficult because there were so many moving parts and uh, when i had joined automatic i think it might have only been 70 or 80 people at the time what was your role there so i started uh i started on the the the, the the what be eventually kind of became the the, the dot org team, uh, but at the time uh, it was uh, I was I was new on the team. Uh, Jen Milo was leading that team. Uh, Ryan Boren and Andrew Oz, uh, but the team was pretty fragmented. I think Andrew uh, had had taken some time off. Uh, Ryan was focusing mostly on core. Uh, Jen was working towards what is now like the the. WordPress kind of foundation or, uh, and what also is the sort of WordCamp uh, whole community side of it where uh, she really did lead a lot of that. And, uh, and I was doing my best to get BB Press migrated into a plugin for things like TalkPress, like WordPress.com VIP's hosted version for BB Press, getting WordCamp.org migrated over, uh, working on a lot of fun, like just separate individual little dot uh, org projects uh, that had sort of shifting and changing priorities and uh, and getting pulled into some dot com stuff here and there or just looking on and helping on some dot com stuff as it came up uh, and for me I think uh, I, I started getting farther and farther away from uh, from some of the software that I enjoyed spending the most time on and uh, and working on really long timelines and working really long hours to get a lot of things done uh, because there was just so much activity that uh, I wanted to try and stay on top of or keep up with. And I guess the 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 .org team within the walls of Automatic, and I think it still is true today, is purposefully partitioned off. It was a team that... Uh, didn't get to see a lot of what happened on wordpress.com because it wasn't really relevant and i think it, in the spirit of contributing to the open source side of wordpress that you really can't have a ton of intersection between it because it's just too much to pay attention to there's, there's too so, much stuff yeah, yeah. so it was you were, you were really involved in a lot of different aspects of it um what kind of toll did that take on on really pretty much your personal life you have this quote in your in your post that i like it took me a little bit to figure out what it meant but once <laughs> i did i thought it was pretty perfect uh it says you go spider-man on the world at the expense of going peter parker in your life yeah and it's like in, in your work life you're a badass <laughs> and then everything at home everything in your personal life outside of work kind of starts to suffer yeah i mean you experienced I, that yeah i I mean, I guess I don't know if I ever was a badass or if I, if I, oh, whatever. <laughs> well, no, no, but you know, like I, you, you know, were working were, hard though, right? You knew that. Yes, right, right, right. It was, I was, I was, I guess I was, uh, I was fling, flinging a lot of webs to try and see what stuck, right? Like it felt <laughs> like there was just a lot of really cool stuff to work on and be a part of and within the walls of automatic, you know, doing code review, uh, looking at deployments, uh, trying to stay up with things that were going on with Jetpack or Pull Daddy or anything else. It was just so much neat stuff. And uh, the concept of teams at Automatic was relatively new at that point. And, uh, and, and I, these were people that I had known already for a few years from going to WordCamps and was really excited to see and work with. And, uh, and, I, and I, I guess if it's, if it's the, uh, the adult ADD or if it's, I don't know, but it was, I found it really hard to, uh, to find what it was that I wanted to focus on or that felt rewarding to focus on. And, uh, and even if someone said, this is what you should probably work on today, another ping would come up in another direction and it would be another thing that needed getting worked on. And uh, so I found it a little bit overwhelming uh, just because I wanted to try and be helpful, right? It wasn't because the demands of the job were really high. I think it was because I placed demands on myself to try and be as helpful as I could. 
and did, did it have something to do were you like compare trying to like were you using someone else as like the high watermark did you, did you see like some other people working at automatic that were like ah oh, man he's killing it he's just killing it how how can i keep up with this and then you just like go spider-man you know yeah it was it was kind of but it was uh it was it was, it was the first time i think that i had i had had uh, that that much exposure to that many people working on that many things all at the same time, and uh, and I think I think because I enjoy because it's rewarding for me to be helpful because I uh, I, I mean I like helping I like seeing that people are learning and I like knowing that I'm able to help someone else sort of improve, uh, but because because the rewarding part of it for me was the teaching part of it or the, uh, or the, the sort of helping other people out with it, that there was so much opportunity to, to try and be helpful in so many different ways that, um, that I just, I lost a lot of focus. So, and, and because of that, I think to, to bring it back a little bit is, uh, it was, it was difficult to turn off, right? It was, uh, you know, it became taking your taking the laptop to dinner in case something went down and I had to jump on something. Not because I had to, because I felt like it was the right thing to do at the time. And it became, you know, sleeping with the laptop next to the bed. It became get, having push notifications so that if something blew up somewhere that I could try and help out or at least be there and and uh, and, <laughs> and, and and you might and, as well. And, you might as well be running your own web hosting company with <laughs> servers and right. Yeah. And I mean, so I, mean, I can I relate was... to this because I, I did run a web hosting company for a while. So <laughs> it's yeah, it's what it feels like. It's like yeah. you're constantly on your your right. heartbeat is tied to like the load spikes on the server. You know. <laughs> so so what happens though is uh, at least for me, and I and I don't, I don't know if it's. I'll chalk it up as a learning experience, hopefully more than just it feeling like an outright failure. But uh, there were just a lot of things that uh, I swung and missed at, right? There were lots of things that were cool to help out with, to jump in, do some review, try and talk more about documenting code on WordPress.com, try and push for some standardization, try and improve some things. And, uh, and there were lots of things that I had hoped to achieve that... Uh, I wasn't able to, or were maybe not moving quickly enough, or uh, I wasn't influencing in the way that I had wanted to or hoped to, where uh, it it became less rewarding for me over time. And I think I probably was making less of an impact too, right? So, uh, what do you, what do you do with that when uh, when you know that the soft like with the, what I really wanted to do was work on and improve uh, BuddyPress and BBPress and uh, and the community sites that, you know, power wordpress.org and, uh, and from working on Jetpack and working on VIP, I was doing things that on paper were similar, uh, working on Jetpack comments and, uh, and, and mostly criticizing what was .com's REST API, even though it's clearly successful and works really well. Uh, it was, a, it was, uh, the code review and stuff that I was doing on it was more appropriate for WordPress.com VIP. Let's uh, let's jump in and talk a little bit about what you mentioned just a second ago with what you wanted to work on with BBPress and BuddyPress and the community th aspects of things. Uh, and so there's two aspects to this conversation. Number one is a project that I believe you started pretty recently. Uh, maybe it's been in the works for a while, but you went public with it recently, which is Flox.io uh, yep. for private social networks. Uh, and then you also have a crowdfunding uh, project going right now to fund uh, your full-time development on BuddyPress, BBPress, and GlobPress. Yeah. Uh, and so you want to talk a little bit about these and how these are kind of bringing you back to the focus of what you want to do. Um, what, it, what does JTrip want to work on each day? <laughs> uh, so if the, the short answer is... Uh, it was always it was always BuddyPress and uh, and NBBPress. It was always the, the the software that I think uh, brings brings people together for a purpose. And uh, and in many in many ways, especially right now, GlotPress ends up being a piece of software that people are bringing themselves together around for a much a much bigger purpose, right? Uh, so uh, with 
uh, with flocks, uh, I think uh, date going back to uh, some WordPress.com and .org stuff. Uh, I remember having a conversation with Matt in probably 2008 or nine. I think at WordCamp New York uh, before I worked at Automatic, where we talked a lot about the confusion and the separation and uh, and how it's sort of fuzzy and. Uh, I think I think Matt at one point had even said that that calling it WordPress.com is kind of if if he could go back and do it again he probably wouldn't and uh, and I thought that was funny because uh, it's I think I think for uh, an open source project to really have momentum and 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 have uh, I don't know visibility or market share I don't know what the right word is for it but. Uh, having a way for people to get in and try it uh, like you know during their lunch break right they just jump in and start a blog it didn't work out whatever they don't care they'll never do it again or it was good enough and they're going to use it and they're going to continue to you know blog or whatever it is and with with uh with buddy press and bb press at least had there is still a, a conceptually the idea of talk press that uh, hosted forums, right? Like hosted on the WordPress.com cloud, uh, and I think that there's there's opportunity there. There's some technical challenges in terms of user data and that kind of thing, but uh, at least that was a vision that Matt uh, that Matt had had that I, I I'm fairly confident that he hasn't let go of, which would be really awesome to see happen. I think for a project like BB Press, it needs something like that, uh, and re- there was a time when installing a blog wasn't easy either it was uh just, you know setting up a relationship with a hosting company it was downloading the zip ftping it up all this whole thing right and uh and having someone having a way to just start up an entire site a blog a theme uh users content all of it uh and just do it without writing any code or touching it at all is amazing i mean it's uh and so the, I don't. I, I guess I've never seen a reason why it couldn't be the same thing for uh, for spooling up a, a network of uh, of of a community. And I know Ning is probably the one that people think of when they think of communities. And uh, and I know that they had some eventual issues with you know spam and having a ton of spam networks. And uh, they spent a lot of time writing APIs for things that ended up being pretty complex and that weren't ultimately super useful or powerful, which is really too bad because what they were trying to do there uh, is there's something to it. There's a there is something to that idea that uh, for for the audience of people that uh, don't want to put their data in a Facebook group or don't want to. Uh, intersect their family pictures and photos and their personality that they are on Facebook with uh, something else like a car club or a computer club or a dart league or all the other kind of weird examples that I tend to lean on. But uh, so with flocks, the idea is to, is to one, try and be the wordpress.com equivalent for buddy press uh, to at least have there be an easy way to spool up a network uh, privately, I guess it's the, the, the niche group of people that have a reason to talk already. So if it's a group of uh, teachers or uh, instructors, or if it's just you know your family having a place to talk back and forth, uh, is to just make it easy to set something up like that and uh, and do it in a way that uh, is built on a visible open source stack of software uh, that anyone could theoretically contribute to improving. So that's the idea with flocks, uh, and I don't know that I've come up with a like a like a like a catchphrase. Like, what's the one sentence? Like, what's the ten word synopsis of flocks? Right. Uh, but I think, I think the big advantage <clears throat> of flocks uh, over you know the Ning or any of the other ones is is like you just said, it's built on open source software. So you could start your network really quickly using flocks. And then if it grows and you want to customize it, do some development on it or whatever, uh, you can probably, I'm guessing, you can get the data out and and go ahead and, and do your right. own thing, right? 
right? I think the best the best case scenario is that someone's community outgrows whatever it is that I could provide for them because one, it's learning experience for me and for you know, improvements that we could make towards BuddyPress, and two, means their com- their community is successful, right? right. Like, and then uh, you can uh, then you can roll out uh, Flox VIP right. and uh, host their their custom. Well, it's easy, it's, it's easy to forget that a lot of what WordPress.com started off as originally was, uh, was friends of Matt's that he hosted uh, WordPress for because, you know, they, 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 it just wasn't, it just didn't make sense for them to do it themselves, right? right. Like, lots of, lots of people can host WordPress themselves, but it is exponentially more difficult than it is to host a blog because you have this open community of users and members and, and sensitive data and, uh, and activity streams and groups and friends. And uh, it's just it, it for, for every one component that WordPress has, BuddyPress has five. So, right. Caching has uh, got to be a lot more complex with BuddyPress too, right? It, it is huge, hugely. And we, we've avoided really adding a bunch of caching to it uh, right. until recently because the, a lot of the components in the early days were just in such flux that uh, it was difficult to map out where and when caches would need to be purged or created. And uh, so Boone uh, has done an excellent job in identifying a lot of those. And Ray also and BuddyPress Core have, uh, have really kept an eye on it and added caching that has been super, super helpful. But the WordPress way of caching full page output uh just doesn't fly because it's all about it's all about updates it's all about uh it's all about updating the whole activity stream or your profile and uh so you, it's much it's caching the full page because you're logged in as a user browsing content from a bunch of other logged in users uh it's still going to be a struggle mm-hmm. and there's lots of opportunity to improve that uh, and I like the we talk about fragment caching in WordPress a lot. I think BuddyPress is a is a good example of a piece of software that will will hugely benefit from having a true uh, fragment cache approach and API that doesn't exist but absolutely should uh-huh. uh, to sort of to to help out with the pieces of data that uh, frequently get updated that shouldn't invalidate. A hundred thousand other caches just because one thing needed it, right? right? So yeah, exactly. I'm kind of curious about uh, some of your mobile plans for it. So I know you have uh, a mobile theme that you've been working on called uh, Buddy I O, Buddy OS. Yeah. Um, and I believe that's just that's just a, a mobile friendly theme for BuddyPress. Uh, two two things for you on that. Number one, do you tend to extend that over to uh, mobile but BB Press? And two. Have you thought about having uh, or creating at some point a an actual dedicated iOS app that would connect to a BuddyPress site? Good questions. Yes and yes and yes. Uh, <laughs> so Buddy Buddy OS was uh, I like it was a culmination of a few different things and uh, and just like any other I guess piece of software with just one person working on it is constantly sort of changing and shifting around some ideas and things. But uh, when I was talking with Jake originally uh, from 10up about what uh, a hosted BuddyPress thing would look like and uh, and what it was that he would want out of it and what I would want out of it would be uh, a, a very convenient and solid mobile experience. One, I think, because uh, if you're going to use it internally for sort of a company or an intranet or something where there can be some asynchronous updates and back and forths, that you more than likely want to do that from a phone more than you would want to sit with a browser tab open or a dedicated app on your on your machine and do it that way. Uh, and two, we haven't really spent a lot of time focusing on what BuddyPress's mobile experience could and should be. Partly because of just the concept of the com- being compatible with other WordPress themes makes it really tricky. There's a lot of considerations there, but uh, we also just haven't spent any real time focusing on uh, on what 
what a mobile experience for BuddyPress could or should be. And so BuddyOS is a way for uh, for me to scratch, I think, two itches. One, uh, give give the audience of people that I want uh, to, to be introduced to BuddyPress first that I, I think are the most dedicated or the most sort of early adopter style uh, users using it off of a mobile device. Uh, so it is just a WordPress theme uh, using another open source framework called Framework 7 uh, that is providing a lot of the front end styling and JavaScript. How is that to work with? Uh, I've seen it a few times and I'm kind of browsing around it right now and it looks awesome. It's incredible. I mean, I've, I've found it to be really, really incredible. The documentation, uh, so Vladimir is the, pretty much the main and kind of only guy working on it. And it's, uh, I found it to be really, really awesome. And it works, it works really well with WordPress and themes in general, because unlike something like Angular, where you would need to have where it sort of expects to be a single page application and you would build your own uh, URL router or have a, have an extension that will help with routing URLs between the single page app. Uh, Framework 7 sort of expects that you're going to have several URLs that exist from wherever and it, it can cache them or you can choose not to cache them. You can set which pages animate and when and why and uh, there's a lot to it in terms of what a framework provides, but uh, it has HTML equivalents for almost all of the typical iOS elements that you would want, action sheets and nav bars and tab bars and all that stuff. And it has built into it that capability of caching those pages from any URL. So you can use typical WordPress functions in a PHP WordPress template and link off to you know the permalink or the activity directory permalink or whatever it is that you've got, and Framework Seven will just see the request and then process it via AJAX and pull it in right away. That's so really slick. It, it makes me really slick. want to try and build something on it soon. Just even if for nothing practical, just f to build it for fun. Yep, it was super slick, and it's uh, it's in a different space I think than something like AppPressor or Reactor, where uh, like Reactor is just a is an extremely polished product that fits inside of WordPress that really provides a robust UI for setting nav bars and colors and buttons and UI elements and everything where I think someone could use Framework 7 to build something very similar to that. Uh, but uh, with, with BuddyOS specifically, and I think because BuddyPress doesn't exactly need the full page caching that most WordPress sites would take advantage of, uh, there's something nice about having it just be JavaScript and, and HTML5 and CSS and sure. not thinking about compiling a bunch of templates down into local storage and doing a bunch of REST API calls back and forth. It's just it's the WordPress way, again, for better or for worse, of just having templates and output, calling a bunch of PHP, and then making it look the part. So uh, there will probably be a day where... Uh, it will all have to be like everything will have to be converted to a legitimate, bona fide, standardized RESTful API that uh, will be built on top of WordPress and BuddyPress. But since Flocks and BuddyOS was was really just me using three or four months worth of savings to try and get something out, uh, it was the is the lowest barrier to entry was sure. to use an existing framework. And hey, that's what frameworks are for. Right, right. So it, I think it. I think the end result, at least for what it is right now. Uh, is is really really awesome, uh, Very cool. and it works it works super super well. Uh, just a little you know. So the beta testers that I've got feedback has been really strong. Lots of it's coming in. It's really good uh, as a as a software as a service. I think Flux uh, has an enormous amount of potential to be uh, to be a you know the answer to people that maybe miss something like Ning. Uh, maybe don't quite understand what Ello is trying to do, uh, maybe don't want to host their stuff on Facebook and want a privatized social network to talk back and forth in a place where they can be who they want to be and be comfortable doing it. Well, uh, I think of, of anyone that I know in the in the WordPress world as well as in the wider develop, uh, web development world, you're, you're very well positioned to, <laughs> to meet that challenge. I hope so. I so we're, we're just about out of time, uh, but... 
real quickly, uh, your crowdfunding campaign, which uh, the goal was to raise enough money to allow you to work on Buddy Press, BB Press, and Glot Press uh, full time for I think six months, right? Right. So that is getting very close to being funded all the way, which is amazing because there's been two days. I'm sure, you're it thrilled. Is, it is amazing. Um, in 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 just a couple of minutes, tell us like what are you gonna what's what's next for you for you on those three projects? So I think it's pretty clear that the, the campaign's going to succeed. So you're gonna be working on these for the next six months. What's kind of your target for that for that time period? Do you have a goal? I have a few. Uh, there there are a few outstanding. Uh, I don't maybe. Less features, but more kind of optimizations that uh, BuddyPress and BBPress specifically uh, could use. One for uh, BuddyPress attachments, or at least having some foundation for what media handling will look like in the community, which has been very often requested and very sorely missing from BuddyPress as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of uh, progress is already being made. Um, on the ticket that we've got and track towards uh, make it, making that happen. Uh, that ha- really I haven't, I've only been loosely involved with was just testing and keeping an eye on it. But uh, that I think will be huge uh, for, for BuddyPress. And uh, will, will, is, is, is the part of it that will bring people back that maybe weren't or maybe tried it and saw it was missing and uh, and so I think I think that just having media and attachments is enormous. There's uh, some stuff that we've talked about, uh, specifically even at WordCamp San Francisco this year, about coming up with some sort of re- relation API, basically just to relate uh, pieces of data arbitrarily back and forth with one another between the components themselves. So uh, there's what we're basically calling the relationships API. Uh, not between people, but that doesn't mean it's not between people, right? It's, uh, you know, right now we have a lot of uh, funny, I don't know, one-off approaches for members and groups, friends, private messages that are really all about tying data and connecting points together, but we don't have a standardized way to do that. Sure. Uh, so building that back end also. Uh, and then for BB Press, the things that I think are, um, that we've talked about that are, are one, heat performance improvements, relatively huge ones to try and uh, get off of some of the meta query stuff that we've been doing and move some of that stuff into the posts table to improve uh, exponentially really what the querying performance is for getting, you know, getting through the sometimes millions of topics and replies that are going to be in the database to try and go through them. Uh, so that's that one. Uh, having moderators in each individual forum uh, cool. is another ticket that we've talked about that we're going to eventually need on uh, That's WordPress.org. That's really just goals and capabilities, right? right? It'll probably end up... Or is that also going to include the moderator dashboard? It'll probably be partly both, right? There'll be a little bit of a moderator dashboard in the update because right now what's in there isn't real great. And then um, and then the concept of per, what, it, what, what basically breaks down to like at a kind of a technical level is... Uh, is kind of per per post permissions, right? Like, uh, what what users have what capabilities on what posts uh, or what forum, right? So there's a there's the easy way to do it, which I think will probably just be taxonomies and uh, and sort of determining what uh, what each user can be tagged in what forum and determining what capability that that tag provides them. Uh, but we have some traction on that one, and we'll need that on WordPress.org for the support forums, anyways. So those will be the two that are there. And then for GlotPress, since it's a project that is still backpress powered and is uh, one I'm less familiar with, my goal for GlotPress is really to just be a as much of a resource and uh, an influence and kind of just a just do, doing as much labor on it that I can to improve whatever it is that, uh, you know, the existing GlotPress uh, users and 
people that are focusing on it, like Marco, what is it that I can help with? Uh, so jump, jumping into a moving car is pretty hard, right? So I'm going to try and uh, at least just be available and pay attention and see whatever it is that I can do to help. Secretly, I would, I'm going to probably mess around with the idea of moving it off of back press and see how much work it's going to take to do that. But uh, I don't know that what what that looks like or what the roadmap is for that or who really wants that or what's the – there's just lots of discussion, I think, that needs to happen about what the long-term plan is for something like lot press. So It'll uh, be really cool to see what happens over the next six months. I know you're, yeah. you're going to be busy. You know, the, the Indiegogo campaign uh, – one, I mean, it's it's remarkable. It's an un, unbelievable amount of support that I guess I just uh, I, I hadn't I hadn't really anticipated. And uh, and the so I I mean one for anyone that's listening, uh, I'm I'm hugely infinitely grateful uh, for for your you know support and even Pippin, you obviously I think uh, you jumped on it right away. And, uh, so thank you. you no, know, it was, it was a re- it was a pretty easy decision for me, uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, number one, because, uh, you've always been someone that I looked up to in the WordPress world. I feel like a lot of things that I've learned about better development came from watching the evolution of BB press and buddy press, uh, much of which was your work. Uh, and then a lot of my business runs on top of BB press. So, uh, any donation amount was pretty, pretty easy to to come up with and justify yeah it was uh since 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 your since yours was uh yours was like the first big one uh and, and i the big ones were kind of set up not because i i don't know they're it's weird it's weird to talk about but it was <laughs> uh but it, it it was more just uh more just in case i guess if someone really wanted to 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 be that big of a part of it and uh and and one, I wasn't really confident in doing an Indiegogo campaign because I was afraid that there would be some sort of intersection between what it was that I wanted to try and achieve versus, say, the the viability or the success or the health of the software itself, right? Like, I didn't want for I didn't want for my for for the fact that I didn't want to have my uh, the fact that I wanted to work on it full time, it'd be indicative of anything negative with the software itself. Sure. And, well, and sometimes people have have issues when it's, it's kind of like, if I give you money, it means that you're going to fix my problem, right? There is, there is that. And, uh, <laughs> other, and, other issues that just come from when, and, and I, and there's not, and that's not, that's not even really, uh, that's not, uh, there's nothing wrong with that, right? I think if someone wants to support uh, feature development in a piece of software and they and they are willing to put uh, some money on the line for it, that uh, I think that they 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 kind of do they do have a little bit sure. more of a of a ability to influence it, then, right? So that's not untrue. But I think I think most people we, when they're given giving to your Indiegogo, I think they're thinking, or at least for me, I'm not going to speak for everybody. Um, (laughs) For me, like, you know, I know you've done terrific work in the past on these projects and on WordPress. And so part of it's rewarding you for doing that. And then the other part is that you're going to do more. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Supporting you, supporting you for doing more. Um, And so I love this uh, idea of crowdfunding, like, someone to work on open source stuff because there's it's kind of no strings attached compared to you know something like investment where it's like you must succeed or else you will you know, actually answer really, to these investors you know i really <laughs> like that you didn't put rewards yeah uh, so I, one of the thing like and this is we see this in obviously with kickstarter and some of the other big crowdfunding sites a lot where it's kind of like somebody wants to build something and they say, okay, if you give us this much, we'll give you a T-shirt. You give us this much, we'll give you a copy of the software. You give us this much, et cetera. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. And it's cool because obviously it works. But at the same time, I like the idea of just saying, let's just let's just make it possible for this this person or this team to work on something cool, right? Regardless of the final outcome. Right. When I was when I was building the Indiegogo campaign, a lot of the the suggestions for perks. 
the hints at sort of what they feel like have been successful in the past are exactly what you're talking about. Like offer something to someone that uh, a t-shirt or a pin or uh, mm -hmm. some of the feedback is, you know, like funny commit messages or naming releases. There's like lots of little incent ways to incentivize uh, any of any of that stuff. And uh, so I'd thought about it. Like what what really is the spirit of our community and what is it that we're trying to accomplish? And it just didn't really seem right to try and and, and, and get a, get a, to try and intersect any of that stuff to try and I may, and maybe I maybe I will maybe there will be QT commit messages or anything like maybe that <laughs> maybe that will work out okay but uh, I also like the goal I, the what I, well, the conclusion I came to is that the whole purpose of this campaign for me is to uh, for me for me personally is to eliminate the distraction that I think I've struggled with for probably the past five years. And, and and really have the opportunity to just focus on improving the software and uh, printing a bunch of T-shirts and mailing a bunch of thank you letters and all those things takes away from that. They they are good and they make people feel good, but it does ultimately take a little bit away. So, uh, and and if if the goal is to stay distraction free, then uh, then having perks that are only really going to be distracting to me aren't gonna they're not gonna help that so uh so that that was the conclusion i think that i ended up coming to and uh and so uh a couple of questions that have come up are and even from just one I've, i i i was unprepared i think for uh the huge amount of support that has come in in 48 hours worth of time uh so i there, there's a probably a little bit of a lack of words to describe, I guess, what what comes next or how 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 I truly feel about it. But uh, but I think that you know people have asked what 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 do you do if it goes over fifty thousand, right? Like I, I had I guess I hadn't honestly really considered like what for for anything that happens beyond that. Uh, Indiegogo is not going to stop it. It's just going to kind of keep, keep going. going. Right. Yeah. So uh, I think the the solution to that, which I'll probably post an update on the Indiegogo campaign, uh, would be to set aside uh, like a separate fund, of, not necessarily as like a bounty, but maybe, right, to have a separate uh separate any basically to have anything that's over 50 not be for me uh to have it be for someone else that wants to spend time working on sure like buddy, buddy press or bb press and like take them be able to cover someone's work on something for a week or a exactly. month or something like that that would be cool yeah what about um what about just uh working longer <laughs> instead there, of there, six there, months right <laughs> and, and there is that i mean that's the that's the very obvious one, right? Is uh, is it? It does it does absolutely enable me uh, to to work on it much much longer, and uh, so there there is definitely that. But uh, I'm I guess I at least right now, right in the moment, I've, I'm so so appreciative, like genuinely, of everybody's support that uh, it would be it would be really nice to take everyone's contributions and multiply them right to 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 say okay above and beyond this we've got there is there's even more that we can do uh for for other people that uh, that are you know maybe considering doing it but just don't have the opportunity or the means and then uh you know the 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 fifty thousand dollar mark uh is kind of a funny, is kind of a funny dollar amount anyways because uh, you know, it's I, you can stretch the money for a longer period of time, right? I think fifty thousand U.S. cash dollars that, like, depending on what the fees and everything come down to, uh, will likely last longer than six months, uh, anyhow. So uh, the it, I, I never I never really expected for it to to really happen, and so now that it now that it is there at this point. It just it's uh, it's unbelievable. There's just there's just so much opportunity to do so much really awesome awesome work. Well, that... it's really awesome. Um, yeah, huge congrats to you. Uh, I'm 
you. I'm really thrilled to see it succeed, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens uh, in the coming months. Uh, I think we're going a little longer than originally intended, but it's been an absolute pleasure to to talk with you, John, to hear some of your history. Um, <laughs> you're definitely one of one of my favorite people in the WordPress world. I, I like your your quote earlier about software that brings people together for a purpose. I think that's a really nice nice sum up. Yeah, I thanks. That's cool. that's what I always imagine for the I mean WordPress enables that, but the the sister projects really em- empower that. They embrace that that idea a lot for me. So Absolutely. Uh, well, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Yeah. Uh, super awesome. Super awesome to be here. I mean, we talked about talked about a lot of really a lot of really awesome things I think that really are very very close to me so uh, it's, cool. it's very cool to see you being able to to get back to what's what's really important to you what you love to work on and building helping to build those tools that bring people together so, thanks yeah, uh, we'll have links in the show notes for anybody who uh, either doesn't know how to get hold of John or wants to read about his uh, post on distributed teams flocks.io see the crowdfunding campaign etc and contribute. Feel free contribute to, to the crowdfunding campaign. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and if you have any questions for us or for John, uh, it's pretty easy to reach us. Probably Twitter is probably the fastest way. Yeah. For sure. All right. Okay. Thanks, Thanks everybody. For listening. All right. Thanks, guys. This was awesome.